got a little bit of time. Um, I want to start by praying. And then I want to really call us to a renewed commitment to one another. I'm not going to go over last week at all. Suffice to say that I hope what came across was that in this moment, there's a moment of renewal and really believing that God is calling us to walk with him afresh intentionally, each one of us in our life with him, that he's doing something exciting in his church. And I hope you even feel that. I just, in myself, just these three weeks that we've come into the new year, even among us as a family, just growing sense of expectancy and uh, desire for God to lead us, a new responsiveness in us, dare I say. Just a bit of hunger among us for God and his presence and his purposes as we gather together. And I'm just hungry for that to grow and increase in these days. And I hope that you are likewise. And so I want to pray. Thank you to all of you who just contributed this morning as well. And just as Jaita was talking about the otherness of God earlier, and just he was leading us with that picture, I just remembered in Colossians where we're given that amazing picture that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. And then my mind flipped to Isaiah as he had that vision of the temple and the glory of God and, and his train filling the temple. And Isaiah encountering that holiness of God and that sense of woe upon himself. I've just encountered God and his holiness. God, we want to be a people who are captured with a vision of you in our lives. As Mike said a moment ago, more of you, God, and less of us in these days. Lord, help us not to conform to the patterns of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds, we pray. And so in these few moments, we invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and do a work that only you can do. Lord, we can do lots of talking, lots of thinking, lots of planning, but we say, Lord, we want to be a people who are led by you, O God, by your Spirit at work within us. I just invite you for a moment. Let's just, I just want to really ask that we're responsive to God's Spirit. So let's lift our hands if you're comfortable. You don't have to, but just if you want to, just... Invite Jesus again, his spirit. Just get the sense this morning that there are many people making all kinds of plans, having to make decisions in this moment. Just in this, for whatever reason, in this, in this room, just all kinds of decisions needing to be made. God of peace, we pray that you would lead us. That we would be men and women of faith in our decision making. Lead us, O oh God, we pray. In these days, we want to be a people led by you. Secure in your love, in your provision, we pray. Amen. I want to start just by reading two verses from Revelation chapter 3. This is where Jesus writes letters to the churches, to seven churches, and this particular letter is the letter to the church in Philadelphia, and it says this, these are the words of him who is holy and 
true. These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. And he says this, I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and not denied my name. Let's read that again. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Amen. We really are in a remarkable moment full of extraordinary opportunity as God's people, the church. We really are at a remarkable moment. And we have an opportunity to genuinely respond to what God is doing in this moment. And that's what I was saying a moment ago. Just even, it's not about just Sundays and it's not just about the feeling you get when you gather on a Sunday, but just sensing in God as we've gathered, as Nigel launched us, um, you know, that song that has flowed from Sam, um, off Nigel's preached the other week from Psalm 62, that there is a, a, a responsiveness in us that sense of an open door, God, we want to be led by you. We want to walk with you. We want to know you. And it feels, I don't know, I hope, I hope in your spirit you sense this. It feels like there is an open door right now. Yes, we're in confusing times, but there is an open door of what God is doing in this moment. That as God's people, we see the backdrop, like we were saying last week, of all the challenges but actually we see past that and we see the backdrop of behind those things actually is a God who is faithful and a God who is true. So we don't just look at the circumstances, we look to God. And he's the, he's the true reality behind the things we see and hear with our eyes and ears and his kingdom and his promises. What the door that he opens, no one can shut and the door that he shuts, no one can open. It's not just the, the circumstances that are flying around right now and I really believe as we kind of say, God, bring renewal to us, that we begin to have this sense of hope is on the horizon. For God's people, for those walking in darkness who haven't encountered the love and the kingdom of God and his mercy and grace, that we are at a point of saying, come on, church, we've got to get hold of this by faith, that hope is on the horizon. Yes, we have been in difficult times, but Behind that and underneath that and in front of that is a God who is good and faithful and true and loves us and loves those who don't know him, who are walking in darkness. And as the doors of the pandemic began to open, so too I just have that sense that the doors of the kingdom, it feels like, are opening up for us. We have a moment, Gateway. We have a moment both individually as followers of Jesus, we have a moment together as a, as a church family, God's family here, Gateway Church, to say, God, 
lead us into what you're doing in this space, this moment of opportunity. Lord, we want to be a people shaped by the hope of heaven, the expectations of heaven in these days. And so this this letter that Jesus is writing is addressed to the church in Philadelphia, which is modern-day Turkey, not the cream spread, cheese spread. And this, this church in this city had known its fair share of suffering. It wasn't immune to suffering itself. In fact, within living memory of this letter being written, there had been an earthshake that had basically brought the city to the ground. It had leveled the city. And so there would have been many people that had lost family, many people that had lost homes and buildings and businesses within living memory. Huge loss. Just a context where probably everybody had a story of loss. And on top of that, we know that the church in Philadelphia had clearly experienced uh, persecution, tribulation. It had been a challenging time for the followers of Jesus in that place. And so God comes and he speaks to that church in that moment, in that place. And just think it's Isn't it incredible what God begins to say to them? I know your deeds. I know you, church. I know what you're giving yourselves to. I know what you're about. I know that you've got little strength. I just want to say to you today, if you feel like I really have little strength, God knows that. He's not after you having big strength. He's after you knowing that he knows you. And that he's got you. It's totally the other way around. When I am weak, then I'm strong. Isn't it amazing? God comes and he says, I know you. I've placed an open door before you. I know that you're feeling weak. You have little strength. But yet you've been faithful to my word. And I just want to start by saying to you, Christian, well done. Well done for hanging in there, for trusting God. Even where it feels like I have little strength and I I just have to muster the energy to even get up in the morning. I drag myself to church. Emma and I were chatting with some friends just the other evening a couple of weeks back. And one of the comments that came was, I don't want to have to re-engage and build friendships and do all of that work. I don't like particularly like small talk yet. Everything in me kind of doesn't want to have to do church yet. I know I have to go. I know I have to be with God's people. And I just want to say, for those of you in that position, well done just for hanging in there and going for it. And I hope even from these few verses, you find it comfort- comforting that you know that God looks at you and says, I see your struggles. I see your weaknesses. I know you haven't got it all together, yet well done for trusting in me. Being faithful to my word. And when God says that he's set before this church in Philadelphia, this open door, I think sometimes we can kind of think, oh yeah, there's always that person in the room that's a bit gung-ho. The first one through hasn't really come up with a plan but they just want to charge through it and just a bit brazen and a bit louder than everybody else and we kind of say yeah there's that kind of person that seeks seizes hold of opportunity and just grabs 
any excuse to go here, go there, do this, do that. But Jesus here is writing and saying to those of you who are feeling weak, stressed, overwhelmed, anxious, rocked, I've set before you an open door. And as I think about that, I I just reflect and I kind of go, that's like our moment, isn't it? That's like where we are. It's like we've been, okay, we didn't have an earthquake here in this nation, but we've been through a season. And for many of us, it can feel like we've been flattened. Life's, there's been a season of loss and grief and and a season of, of all that we talked about last week. And yet God says, I know your weakness. Yet see gateway. See friend of Jesus. I've set before you an open door. The open door is an opportunity that stands before weak, unenergized people, people struggling. Yet it's a door of opportunity. It's really a door of opportunity that stands open for people pretty much like you and I. Good news, eh? Just around those few verses, God says some other amazing things. He says this. So verse 8, as we looked at, I know your deeds. I've placed before you an open door. Verse 9, he goes on to say, I've loved you. Verse 10, I will protect and preserve you. Verse 11, I am coming soon. And verse 12, I will give you a new name. Just, Jesus has written to the church in Philadelphia, but the church he's written to you and I. I love you. I'm coming soon. I'll protect and preserve you. I'll give you a new name. The challenge is for us in hard moments, we can often look at doors of opportunity and kind of go, gosh, it's going to take a lot of effort. Just trying to get by today. Just trying to get through. Just trying to make ends meet. And where it's been a season of it feeling like doors are shut, it's just like God all through the scripture that he turns shut doors, hard moments, wilderness places into places of springs that bring life, into doors of opportunity for his kingdom to come, into opportunities to to get hold of him afresh and see him afresh. And I I hope um, that you've just picked up either on Facebook or somewhere that uh, Gemma and the team in Bassett have launched the Alpha course last week. Um, And there were 16 guests that signed up who are now exploring faith and questions of life and who is God and what does it mean to have a relationship with God and who is Jesus and all the great Alpha topics. I know it's not the perfect tool, but it is a tool that God has anointed and blessed for people to go on a journey and encounter him and know him. And I, I just... I just wanted to acknowledge that before us. God is about a great thing in our day. He has not given up on finding lost things and lost people and redeeming those lost things back to himself. He is about a great thing. And I'd love us just to say well done to Gemma and the gang who are serving into that. And let's just honor God. God, we, we want to pray for those 16 people on Alpha right now. And we, we ask you, Lord, for salvation. We ask you. The other week we had a good news for Swindon prayer 
evening and we gathered at Patton with churches from across Swindon. And one of the things warning us to pray for at the start of this year is, God, may this be a year of unusual salvation for us. So God, we pray for those on the course, Lord. We pray not just to say we've got a few, but Lord, that lives will become new life. People will be born again and encounter your goodness here in this place, in this year, Lord, we ask, do an extraordinary thing that lifts our expectation and changes our focus from just seeing, we're just trying to get by and do a few good things to say, no, look, the doors really are standing open before us. And so, Lord, we bless Gemma and those serving on Alpha. We pray, may your grace be upon that, uh, that team and those people as they gather together. Lord, encounter lives and bring transformation and new life, we pray in your mighty name. Amen. You see, I don't know about you, but I've had moments over this last few years where in myself, I know it, there's just moments where you kind of want to circle the wagons. And you go, it's just got a bit too hard. It's just got a bit too tough. And that, that's, that's just being real, isn't it? We're, we're weak. We face challenges of all kinds. And you kind of go, I just need to sit down. I just, I don't know the way forward. I don't know how we respond to what God's doing. It all seems a bit too challenging, a bit too uh, beyond us. It feels like things are a bit too fragmented. And the temptation can be personally, together as a church family, to say, let's play it safe. Let's just circle the wagons around, sit around a campfire, sing some songs, and wait it out. So I love that Gemma and the guys just said, we've got faith for an alpha at the beginning of this year. But that's not what we're going to do. Because I really do believe that we are standing at a point with an open door before us that is actually not just, well, we could do this or we could do that, but we're at a moment of something that is generationally significant. One of those moments that doesn't come around very often where we can really say, God, we want to respond to everything you're doing by faith. We're going to lead ourselves. We're going to make decisions that are robust in our own lives that look like decisions of faith and extravagance and trusting you deeply in our walk with you. Right, one of those moments, I am no surfer. In fact, a few years back, we were on holiday. I can't remember where it was, in Cornwall or somewhere. And we did the old higher surfboards and look stupid in a wetsuit moment. And in my head, I am still 18. And there was Ollie just going up and down, and Jude just going up and down. I mean, not that they're surfers either, let's be honest. But, um, and in my head, I was still better than them. And, and I'd managed to get out past some waves, but I was so exhausted. I was just then kind of floating on this thing, trying to. It was painful, that realization moment of, oh, boy. This is the reality. Um, and then too exhausted to actually even try and get a wave back in. But we're at that moment that it feels like there's a wave of God moving this nation and a move across the world, the, the world, literally, where those of us who say, God, I'm here. Send me. Grab hold of me. God, I want to I walk with you. I want to be about what you're about. It feels like we're at a moment where we get to step forward and kind of go, God, we, we don't have much energy in ourselves, but we're going to catch this wave with all we are and all we can. We're going to give our whole selves to it, which is why last week is so important. If you weren't here, 
please do listen to it, but it's so important just say, Jesus, first and foremost, I'm all in with you. That's the, that's the, the base point for us. That's the foundation for us. But then onto that comes a moment where Jesus says, that's great, brilliant. Now I've got this thing called my family. And I want you to be all into that too. I want you to love it. And the thing that I've realized about the family of Jesus, and I don't just mean gateway, so don't feel like I'm having a go at you lot. I mean the breadth of God's family with all of its funny ideas and funny habits and different traditions and all of these things. Jesus goes, this is my family. And boy, is it a messy family. Boy, is it a hard work family. But Jesus says, that family is my vehicle to show my glory. And I want you to love it, Jesus says, because he loves it. In fact, he died for that family called the church. It's what he gave his life for. A people from every tribe and tongue and nation, not just multicultural, but one new man that is beyond just multicultural. People who deeply love one another. Deeply committed to one another. Honoring one another. And Jesus says, I want you to love one another. And whether you like it or not, it works out in small groups of people dotted here and there across every town and city in this nation and across the nations of the world. Gathering Sunday mornings, midweek, other points in the week. Gathering in people's homes. Gathering online. Sometimes gathering freely like this. Sometimes gathering in very real ways, saying there could be a, not just a knock at the door, but the door could be kicked in at any moment and we could be carted off because we're God's people. And Jesus has called us to fall in love with his family and to give ourselves to his family. And so it's that moment for us where we get to paddle like crazy to try and catch the wave of what God is doing. So I don't know if you know, but Gateway has just turned 30 years old at the end of last year. Happy birthday. As you can see, we're good at celebrating. Wow, we actually got a, a clap. Um, just let's do a quick straw poll. Who was here on week one? June. Anne? Me? Anybody else? Is that it? Oh, Jen, sorry. I did, I did wonder if you were, Jen. Um, You weren't born, Callum. <laughs> you were born just. I, I remember we had, back in the days, we had a football match. Well, I was too young to play. I wasn't allowed. But the guys, there was a football match between Swindon and... Jen, where was the football match? You're not listening. Anyway, I haven't got time for that. And there was an injury. Simon, Callum's uncle, was injured. And Callum and Katie, who were so cute, with their blonde hair tiny, ran on with their little hospital kit and treated Simon's injured legs. And now look at you. Um, <laughs> but there are stories, aren't there? We have family stories. And different ones of you will have come at different points in this family story. And some of you were here from early doors. And some of you are here from more recent times. And so just another straw poll. If you've rocked up to Gateway in the last six months, can I invite you to stand up and make yourself known? Brilliant.
You guys, stay standing a moment. It's great to have you here. No, stand up. If you've rocked up in the last year, can you just stand up for a moment? Oh, yep, there is. Okay, and since March 2020, when the pandemic, that, you know, we have BC, AD, well, we also have March 2020 now. Um, since March 2020, if you have rocked up to Gateway since that time, can I just invite you to stand up and make yourself known? Right, you can sit down. Thank you. You're welcome. Great to have you guys here. That is actually surprising. That has surprised me. I thought it was more. So some of you didn't stand up. I'm sure of it. I'm convinced of it. Anyway, <laughs> not mentioning any names, Holly. Right. Um, my sense with us as a church family is that we have been fragmented from one another. And in some ways... Gateway sort of feels a bit like a new church. It kind of, to me, feels like there's just that moment where, not, not in every way, but in some ways, it feels like we're at a new point where we have to relay foundations because we've had a season of being distant from one another, a season of people joining, a season of people going and coming and not quite sure where they are. And even for those of us who've been part of this family for a long time, a season of kind of going, am I, am I here, am I not? It's just been one of those kinds of seasons. And I feel like we're at a point where we need to acknowledge that. That's not negative, that's just life. That happens in life at points, doesn't it? But just acknowledge there's a moment where actually for churches to be places of health and life and growing in God and joy in the Spirit, a place of mobilizing one another in mission and seeing our lives as, as, as uh, the purpose of them being to go and make God famous wherever he's placed us, of building up, encouraging one another. We need each other for that. And I just feel like it's one of those moments of asking us as a church family, can we in this moment once again be all in? Can we choose all in to one another? See, our, our mission is what Jesus has set, which is to go make disciples of all nations. Men and women, young and old, from every nation, followers of Jesus. That is unchanging. That's what the purpose of the church is. Our vision as a church, much to the annoyance, I'm sure, of many, but actually, let's be honest, it kind of changes based on the season we're in. Like the sons of Issachar, we want to go, God, what is it you're doing in this moment? And we want to respond to that. We don't just want to make our plans and be so fixated on them and then miss what God's doing. We say, God, we want to be responsive to the times and seasons and the moments we're living in. And we want to give ourselves freedom to do that, not to mess ourselves about and go, we'll try this. Oh, it's not quite so good. We'll try something else. But to say, no, actually, God, we want to follow your lead boldly and courageously. But our vision is always to serve God's grand purpose. That he said, I'm making all things new. And so it is to see Swindon come to life in God. Men and women encounter the life of God, new life in him. It's to see the poor and the marginalized be lifted up. Remember last week we said when Jesus started his ministry. So the spirit of the Lord is on me for these things. And there's a mandate on the church in particular to care for the poor and marginalized, to express God's heart for orphans and widows, whoever that is, in our context. 
And there's a mandate on us as God's people to see his kingdom go to the ends of the earth. That we as a church would be involved in that. Saying, God, may your kingdom come to unreached people groups. Yes, to far-flung nations, but also to unreached people groups here in this nation, in this town. And if any of that we're not walking in and stepping into boldly and courageously, we're actually a stuck people. And we've got to address it. And we've got to deal with ourselves rigorously and say, God, may, your, may the river that flows from the throne of God under the threshold of the temple, flowing out, broadening out, bringing life to everywhere, may that flow through us as your people. And if it isn't, we've got to ask hard questions. Because God is not just asking us to be believers, but to be followers. He's asking us to walk with him in life, committed to him, living authentically as followers of Jesus, showing the world a different way, God's way of life, as God intended. And so for us to do that, church, we've got to be a people who really are all in. Then spirit, empower us. More of you in these days. So it should shape how we worship and glorify God. I long that we just have Sundays where we're singing songs and we just say, God's in this place. We have that Isaiah moment of, I just encountered the holiness of God, just as Phoebe and Alice said a moment ago, I just encountered God's spirit on my life. That's God's desire for you. That we worship and sing songs that we've written and others have written that express our heart and these moments to God with abandon and joy and we just celebrate and dare to even move our bodies a bit and all of those kinds of things and and worship with our children and and say, wow, God really is among us. That we go with our hearts full of joy. I long that we're a church like that. Say, wasn't it great? I can't wait for next week. God, come do something new among us. Come reset our affections and our desires, we pray. That we're a people who learn to dwell with him in his presence. Soak in the spirit. Just enjoy him. Rest in him. Say, God, I need you to navigate today. Not that I'm fearful, but I want to be a blessing. That we're a people who gather together. I know you know these things, but some of you might not. And I want to just paint a picture of some of what the church is about. That we gather together, whether Sundays or midweeks or in prayer gatherings or Ones and twos or threes of us gathering together to encourage and build us up. That we come ready to be a blessing to others, not just coming to receive. That we commit to one another. Not just commit to, this, that's the church I go to, but that we commit to one another. And I'm afraid to say that kind of is expressed in small groups. And I know they're not that popular at the moment. Just a quick, another straw poll, which might be painful. If you are committed... For a small group at this point in Gateway, can I invite you to put your hand up? You don't have to stand. Yeah. It's not great. Well done, those of you, and no shame on the others of you. Um, But Jesus has designed life that we walk with others. And we need to reset a passion and a commitment to one another in this season. And I know some of you said, I've done small groups for years and years, and I've got some stories about them and I haven't really got the energy. Hey, we're at a door of opportunity where we get to ask one another and encourage one another, how are you doing with Jesus? How can I encourage you and help you grow in life with him? What have you seen God do in your life recently? Where are you overcoming sin and brokenness 
in life. We get to grow as a disciple, spending time in God's word, in prayer and worship, exercising faith and gifting. There are so many amazing tools available to God's people these days to grow in God. So if you've not done Alpha, if you're not a follower of Jesus, Alpha is a great starting point just to explore faith, questions of life. If you've made a commitment to follow Jesus, there's a, the Iranian church have developed a, a tool called Safar, which means journey. Is that correct, Amir? Journey? Safar? Amir? I think so. I think I'm right on this. Um, my Persian's quite good. Um, which, is a, which, is a, which is a discipleship journey to help put good foundations in of what does it mean for my life to follow Jesus personally. It's an amazing tool that's online, a free resource. We get to grow in prayer and the word and apps like Lectio 365 and Lectio Family and the Bible Project are just incredible resources, rich resources to help us grow in God both personally and together, tools that we've been given. And the end goal of these things isn't mastery, but it's union with God. It's I know him more. It's I, I love him and express that to others in my life more. One of the areas that we get to commit to as we express that love and devotion to one another in this body is that area of giving. We get to give ourselves to one another. We get to be generous with our own self. Say, I am opening my life to you for your good and actually for my good. We get to be generous of ourselves. We get to be generous with the finances and the resource that God has given us. We get to be generous with our time through serving in all kinds of ways. We get to be generous with spiritual gifts. I was genuinely thinking about this. And sometimes we can have behaviors that, that kind of creep into us as a church family where actually we find it hard to move out even as we gather and express spiritual gifts to build up and bless one another. I want to say to you, Full permission is given when we gather to worship, to cross the room. You spot someone encountering God. You don't have to go and interrupt. You can just say, go over and go, God, I want to bless what you're doing here. You have permission to cross the room and bless one another. One of the things that God has enabled us to do by being his body together is that we get to go. We get to go. We get to live the mission that Jesus has called us to. We get to see our home, our college, our workplace as a missional space where we get to live out the presence of Jesus. We get to see home as a place of rest and God's presence. We go because we say, God, each day, Lord, I want, a, I want a divine opportunity, a spirit-led divine opportunity in the place that I am. We get to see God's kingdom purposes for our life. That's what I'm calling us to. That's just a tiny, tiny bit of what the church is and what we do. But Jesus is building something amazing that is going to last for all eternity. I mean, kind of quite funny when you look at us and you go, really? But yeah, you're a living stone. And I need you and you need me and we need each other in this moment. And in the hard moments, sometimes we can do that thing of I just need to retreat when Everything Jesus says, come to me in that moment. I see you. I see you in your struggle. I see you in your weakness. But I'm putting before you an open door. Hold on to my word. Trust me. 
And so I just want to finish with a call to us around finance. I have no shame in saying this. We don't, if you've been around for a long time, we rarely talk about money, which is not actually a good thing. So if, this, if you're new and this is your first Sunday, welcome. Um, but I want to ask that as a family, we just take this moment just to see where we are financially. I'm not going to do charts and graphs. I'm not Nigel. We will do that. I don't mean that with a negative edge. I just mean <laughs> that is not my skill set. Um, We have an open door before us as a church family. We we really do. And there is a question, are we going to choose together? And maybe you're here like, I've just rocked up and you're already saying I have to choose this to my church. Yes, I am. Are we going to choose to be a group of people, followers of Jesus, committed to one another, Jesus' body? Not just rocking up on a Sunday, but deeply committed to one another. Living life together. Encouraging one another. Sharing from the resource that God's given to meet one another's needs. And as I talk about finance, we don't talk about it often. And you'll know, for a long time, we haven't actually taken up uh, offering on a Sunday morning. We, we are going to change that, but we're going to do it in a different way in the days ahead. We want to talk about money with courage and boldness because we are standing at days of opportunity. And let's be honest, there is no such thing as free. Only God's grace in our life. But when it comes to giving ourselves to the mission of God, it is costly in every sense. And it's going to take huge amounts of resource. And you'll remember that before Christmas, we uh, just said that we we're at a bit of a challenging uh, moment um, as Gateway Furniture has closed. And I just want to honor Andrew again and the team as they've served. Um, just done an amazing job of serving the town, meeting need with Gateway Furniture. And Andrew and Jenny are about to head off up north in the coming months, and we're just so thankful to you guys and for Andrew's part in serving the town. And the church should be concerned with this. If we disappeared overnight, if we were taken off the map for whatever reason, would the town even know and care? But if we weren't meeting here next week, is anybody actually going to care other than maybe us, some of us? And what I love with Gateway Furniture is that in the moment when it said, look, this is actually coming to the end of its life. There was a sudden, no, 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 no. People cared because it's God's people demonstrating his love to meet need. But we hit a point where we are, we, our income since, interestingly, March 2020 has gone down. Um, and we've been eating into our reserves. And as Gateway Furniture has closed, that's cost a lot of money as, as those things happen to, to do that properly to do the process of uh, bringing that to an end. That's cost a lot of money, and it's meant that we've eaten into our reserves. Um, it's, a real, it's a real challenge. Um, and there's been no change since we just mentioned that at Christmas. And we're not in crisis, but we are at a point of having to heavily manage our finances. And so we've, we've kind of gone to this very stripped back budget, which is where we are right now. So we're in maintenance mode. We can't stay there because the reserves that we have, if, if nothing changes, they will get eaten up. And so we, even as an organization, we'd have to make changes to staffing structures if nothing changes. Because otherwise, we will get to the point where we run out of money. 
And so we are needing to respond as a church family, but it's not actually a money issue. It starts with choosing all into a family. And so if it's not here, that's fine, but do the same thing somewhere else. Commit to a church family somewhere. We're at a point with our budget this financial year where we are going to fall currently £10,000 short for this financial year. And then the following financial year, we're going to be at a point where we are going to be another £15,000 on top of that short. So we're going to need a, an uplift of 10000 this year. And then the following year, we're going to need an uplift of £15,000 on top of that the following year. And part of what this has meant for us is that we've actually had to strip back some of our giving away that we've wanted to do. We're wanting to give away increasingly every year more money to uh, kingdom initiatives right across this town and further afield. Nothing just to do with us. We want to be, learn to be generous with our money, just giving it away freely. But we've actually had to pull back some of that because as an organization, we have to have a certain amount of reserves um, and we've got to build those back up. And so over the next year, we want to just begin to just put a small amount back into our reserves so that we're in a good place as an organization, um, as a charity. But we are at a point of maintenance, which means we don't have space and capacity for, to, to grab hold of open doors that are before us right now financially. Yeah, last year we took up an offering for Burundi, which was one of our biggest offerings. It was about £30,000, um, which is amazing, earlier in the year. And then, more recently, we took up an offering just to do an uplift to this tired old building, um, which we raised a further £11,500. So it's not that money isn't coming, um, but we are at a point where we're needing to address that. And just to say, with the money for the building, we are about to embark on doing a facelift in the foyer. We're going to put a new next steps point at the back of the room. At some point, we're going to have a drum booth on the stage to help our sound. Um, that's going to be happening over the coming weeks and months, some of those things. Um, I'm aware we took the money and haven't actually done anything with it yet. I'm well aware of that, but it's in the pipeline. Just, I want to be really real. Um, I want to say this on behalf of the staff of Gay. We have an amazing staff team. Um, who give themselves in all kinds of ways to helping make Gateway work. And much to the trustees' annoyance, we have said that we're not going to take a pay rise this year, and it's not about us and money. That's not my point. I'm just saying here that I have responsibility of leading the team, and I want to say on behalf, not on behalf of them, but what this means for those is the challenge of the budget means that nobody's gone with a pay rise, and so as inflation goes up, you know, in real terms, that's like a pay decrease. Um, I want to be honest about that. That's not, I know that's true for many in this room. I'm not saying that's unique to us. I'm just saying that's what it begins to look like. And actually, for some of them, they took significant pay cuts to work for Gateway. And that's, again, that's a choice. That's their problem, to be honest. But, you know, um, but it's just a reality. And I want to be honest about those things and say, I want us to be a people who, who, where we're not just kind of everything's beginning to just slightly get tough, a bit harder. It's just everything's beginning to shut down slightly in our thinking we could be in danger of that, like I say, circling the wagons at this moment. So we do need to respond as a church family. And to me, it feels like a great moment. What a great moment to ask for money when there's a cost of living crisis. I, I want to be real. We are, we are being very aware of that. And we are seeking to save money wherever we can. Not just because we have less, but we are very aware of that. That these are real times. But church, I want us to be a people that look beyond the pandemic to God's faithfulness, that he has called us nevertheless to express 
generosity. But if we don't respond in this moment, the reality is that we're going to have to shrink down in what we're doing. And not just be in maintenance mode, but the danger is we just go into decline mode in our thinking. And that goes totally against this moment we're in of days of opportunity. A door standing open before us. We want to get back to giving away much more than we are this year. I'm not wanting to put pressure on anybody who's not coping financially. In fact, if you are struggling financially, we don't want to ask you for money. We want to give you money. We want to help as a family together in all kinds of creative ways. And how can we help one another with the resource that God has given to us? But if you're in a position where you can give more, begin to give. I want to ask you over this week, not this morning, but over this week, to go away, spend time. You don't really have to ask God, should I give? You've just got to say, is this the family I'm committing to? To get before God in this moment. Some people in this moment are doing absolutely fine financially, which is great. Hey, we need your help. And so I just, I'm going to finish with this. I'm aware the kids are coming back in. Em and I, we've just, this is not me saying to you as a church, please help us. This is saying, can we as a family respond to this moment of need? Em and I, we've just done our own budget and finances again, and we just looked at where we are with this, recognizing actually even as inflation happens, that our giving in real terms goes down. And so we've looked at our own money, and I'm not, I, I just said to Callum earlier, I said, is it, uh, earlier in the week, I said, is it helpful if I just say where we, how we think about this? Um... And so please hear my heart in this. This is not in any way to say, hey, aren't we great? But this is how we think about our money. You see, I know people talk about tithes and offerings and all of those things, but I really think that just 10% of your money for a Christian is a starting point of giving away. I think the Bible preaches and teaches generosity of God's people at every opportunity. Extravagant, sacrificial giving and generosity. And so we said, what does this look like for us in this moment? And we've set for ourselves a... a a percentage that we want to give away of 20% this coming year, that, and we're not giving all of that to Gateway. We want to have money and resource that we can respond to people and situations as they arrive, arise around us, but we want to be generous with our finance, make that decision ourselves and that commitment with our own money. So that's the level that we feel that we can operate. And for some, 20% is far too much. You are unable to afford that. And for others, 20% is so easy. And... I want to call us to be a people that engage with our finances with generosity. So what am I asking? As the kids come in and it gets disrupted, just shut the kids out of your thinking just for five, two, one minute. <laughs> this is not about how much you can give, okay? Please hear that. This is not about how much you can give. This is about saying if Gateway is a family that you are committed to, then we are to together give in to this. So firstly... If you don't regularly give to the church and you consider Gateway your home church, this week I want you to get before God and make a decision in your heart. Say, God, I'm just going to begin to start giving. The most helpful way you can do that is to set up a standing order, fill out a gift aid form because the government, thankfully, give us a whole load more money based on your giving if you're a taxpayer, a UK taxpayer. And can I ask, if that's you, that you're not giving 
to Gateway. Like everything in life, like everything in church, like every family, some of us do the dishes more than others than the dishwasher, a small percentage of people in Gateway carry everything that's happening here, the majority of it. And it's actually not good enough. I want to ask us, if this is your home, just, and you haven't been regularly giving, just step into regularly giving. Okay, next week we're going to set it up so that we can respond to that. Secondly, for those of you who are already giving regularly, can I ask you to review your giving at this moment? I know, like I said, I'm fully aware of a cost of living crisis, but we want to be generous givers. We want to respond to what God's doing. And actually, we want to respond by faith of saying there really is an open door in front of us. By the way, that £10,000 and that £15,000 doesn't enable us to do really exciting kingdom things. It just keeps the wheels moving. There's so many opportunities and things and initiatives and, 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 and potential that we need to get hold of in the days ahead. But all this does is lift us to a point of just maintenance mode. And so I want to ask you, if you're already giving, thank you so much for that. But can you use this moment to say, I'm, I'm going to look beyond the cost of living. I'm going to trust God in this moment to review your giving. And thirdly, if you're in a position where, you are, where finances are good, and for numbers of you in this room, that'll be true. Money's not the issue right now, and it probably won't be. I want to ask that you would consider seriously one-off gifts for us, because we're at a point where, yes, there's a, we're at a moment where the doors are open. We're at a point where we're seeing that, but we're at maintenance mode, and one-off gifts, significant gifts, will enable us to move forward purposefully, to serve young people, really intentionally, students and 20s and the next generation, to serve our children more effectively, to serve asylum seekers and refugees in the days ahead, among us, the nations in Swindon, more intentionally. And so if you're able to, uh, this week, can I just ask you, if that's you in that camp of money's really not the issue, can I just ask that you would really get before God and say, God, is this a moment for one of those one-off bigger gifts? I want to ask you that with courage and just say, we need that, actually. God's doing a great thing. He's building something great in his church. But he invites us to respond to that. So, the ask is that. And that next week you'd come ready to respond. We'll set it up so that next week we can respond practically. Um, But this week, can I invite you to get before God, to pray, to do that in couples, to talk to your kids about how you use your finances so that for families it's a it's a kingdom family perspective let's pray father i thank you for your family i thank you your your family is your idea it's not our idea and lord we say we in these moments we do feel weak but we see that door of opportunity in front of us and we say thank you lord that it's standing open in front of us lord we want to be faithful to your word So empower us by your spirit to see your kingdom come in the midst of hardship and challenge. We ask that in your mighty name, King Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone.